Hello, this is Jake Wolf. And this is Sam Elkins, and you're listening to the film, video game, and other entertainment podcast where you can escape from Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Just Jimmy Kimmel? Just Jimmy Kimmel. You definitely want to get the fuck away from him. <laughs> well, today's episode of the Digital Forest Podcast is going to be talking about the Oscars, as well as The Last of Us, which is now wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Digital Forest. hope this audio doesn't corrupt this time <laughs> yeah so we recorded uh, a whole episode uh over lots of stuff too. over a lot of stuff yeah a lot of a lot of news um but just got corrupted yeah it sounded like i was talking through a telephone but it didn't make sense because i would import sam's audio and it would also corrupt that. But when I would import Sam's audio and put it in its own file, it would be just fine. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I I looked a million <laughs> different ways on how to fix that thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Audacity or, you know, it's haunted or some shit. Like, Yeah, I can't believe it had the audacity to do that. Nice. Me. Nice. That was good. <laughs> um, before, before we get into stuff, I actually, I have a quick story. Um... Okay. So it's another DoorDash story. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, I went. I tr- I I went to go see the new Scream movie, Scream Six, in theaters uh, this past okay. Saturday. And all right. So I buy the tickets, you know, in the morning uh, for an early afternoon matinee. Um, and you know, when I'm buying the tickets, the 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 I'm reserving my seat. And I'm going by myself because I go see movies by myself. I don't give a fuck. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, the theater, like, there's a decent amount that was reserved. But in the row that I chose my seat, there was no other people at that time. Um, right. Obviously, it doesn't matter. Just that's something to note. Um, so I, I get to the theater and I go into i go to my seat and there's it's a fairly empty theater at the time and um there's a guy that's sitting uh directly next to the seat that i reserved which obviously right still fine um but i'm an anxious bitch so i'm like okay this theater's fairly empty what i'll do is i'll sit two spaces Away from him. So the seat next... You did not... This, you did not get up and move after he sat no, down. No, 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 no. I, I, he was already there. So I hadn't sat oh, down okay. yet. Okay. No, no. <laughs> like, you go, excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. sit over here. <laughs> Sorry. I just don't want to fucking sit by you. No, but but the, the, the reason I was so anxious, because I, I saw him sitting there, and it, it was like, you know, the reclining seats, how they're kind of in like sets of two you know 
where it's like they're all kind of shared. <laughs> you guys, you could put the armrest. Yeah, exactly. It was like that shit. <laughs> and so, so I was like, okay, I'll sit one over and I'll I'll wait. And if somebody comes in and they're like, hey, you're in my spot, I'll just be like, yeah. Sh- oh shit, sorry. I look at my phone. Oh, I'm in the. I accidentally sat in the wrong seat. I'll move over. No bit. No harm. No foul. Um. Right. So I'm waiting, and. I, the, the, the pre-trailer commercials are going and to my Mm -hmm. right is where the guy is sitting two, two seats away. I hear the most inhuman noise come out of his mouth. Now I am not exaggerating. This is not an exaggeration. This noise I'm about to make, this is an accurate impression of what he was doing. Okay. (laughs) was he turning he was fucking like wheezing with every breath and then he would cough and then like clear his throat in the loudest wettest possible way it was revolting i was like he's gotta get the blood out right so i'm freaking out at this point because i'm like oh god please dear god don't let anybody walk in and like like, <laughs> be like, I'm in, you know, you're in my seat because I don't want to sit next to this guy. And uh, so I, I, go, I go back on the website and I'm looking uh-huh. uh, to see, like, I go back in as if I'm buying another ticket, you know, just to see what other seats are reserved. Um, yeah. You know, since I got my ticket earlier and I look and like almost my entire fucking row is taken so there's people that are going to be coming to my to, to the seat I'm sitting in. And so at this point, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I can't move over now. Uh, After you hear that, right. I want to get a little closer. To exactly. This. But now I'm going to have this anxious, you know, interaction with somebody or this this awkward interaction with somebody that, you know, is going to force me to sit next to this guy. And. Then the trailers start. I'm like, okay, maybe they're not going to show up. Maybe it'll be fine. And as this is going, this dude has a whole bucket of popcorn in the seat that I'm supposed to be in. Like he's using oh, nice. it for his shit. He's perfect. Grabbing handfuls, stuffing them in his mouth, and he's like chewing through like wheezing breaths. And like so it's like, <laughs> that that was a little exaggerated, but but I I. Couldn't do as as good of an impression this time, <laughs> but then he takes his nap. He takes some napkins, and he blows his nose. And you know when you when you hear that that nose, and you or you hear that somebody blowing their nose, and you can hear like the the you know like yeah, it's uh, he balls it up and he puts it in the seat that I'm supposed to be sitting in. So now he's putting his oh. fucking nose blown napkins in this seat. Oh. And I'm like, oh, you got to be oh, shitting no. me. And I'm like freaking out. And then halfway through all these trailers, and I'm like starting to get hope. I'm like, maybe they're not going to show up. Maybe I'll be fine. <sighs> in comes a group of people. They walk up they're kind of standing a little bit in front of me and then they start like shuffling like looking at each other i'm like god damn it so i look up and i'm like am i in the wrong seat and they're like yeah and i was like i panicked and i said what auditorium is this and they said 
nine. I was like, I'm in the wrong one. And I left. There's no way. I fucking left the theater. I did not see the movie. I lost my money. There's no way. Uh Uh-huh. The worst fucking possible experience to have in a theater. Okay, I take that back. It's the second worst possible experience to have in a theater. Um, Yeah, you can't say that. Yeah, yeah, no, I can't. Um, But anyway, I just had to tell that story because it was like surreal. I was looking. Why didn't you just go? Oh, I'm a row up. I, I I I don't know. I I didn't. I I was worried that I wouldn't like get into a seat that wasn't already reserved, and I have to like go through this again. So you'd look like you were lying. Right. You just stuck your way in. I know. And then I was like, as I was like leaving, I was like, fuck. I should have been like, oh, whoops, sorry, in the wrong seat. Gotten up, waited on, in the bathroom or some shit until the movie started. Then gone back and taken one of the empty seats. That's what I should have done. Yeah. But in the moment, I could not handle any of it. I was like, I'm, I'm out. I got I to gotta go. Like, I, I just couldn't even. I was like, is this fucking real? Is this guy real? Like, one of two things is happening. Either this dude has COVID or fucking lung cancer. I swear to God. I, oh. <laughs> He's going to pass lung cancer on to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's <laughs> transmitted. No, but I, I, I feel bad for the guy, but, like, why are you at the movies? <laughs> and he was, like, splayed out. Man. Okay. That's the story. And I hated every second of it. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe you actually left. Yeah. I did. I have you. So have you seen it yet? No. Did you? I'm go. I'm going. I'm going back for round two on Saturday. So we'll see if I make it this time. I'm. Oh, no. I'm trying to find somebody to go with me this time, so that way it's like, you know, less, you know, awful. Well, you could have had that sneezing guy go with you, but he's already seen the fucking movie. Right. So Jesus. Fucking hell. He's out. Ugh. But. The Academy Awards were this weekend, this past weekend. That's right, and I didn't watch them. <laughs> I watched them, um, but I gotta be honest, I kind of checked out during the hosting moments <laughs> because I was I was not entertained. Was it Jimmy Kimmel that hosted? Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel hosted, and it took him about 15 to 30 seconds before he made a Will Smith joke. Um, oh, God. What did he say? Um, he he talked. He said he brought up the, the crisis management team because you know how like the, the academy, they brought in like a crisis management team uh, or like they like hired. They created this team f- for this year moving forward be- specifically because of the slap from last year. Um, okay. And so he brought that up and then started making a joke about who's on the crisis team and pointing to different actors like Michelle Yeo. Uh, we have Spider-Man. It's Andrew Garfield. And that's where that meme of him, like looking at the camera with that, like awkward smile, like, "Ah," you know, um, Oh, that's been kind of floating around Twitter. Um, Yeah. I've seen that. I didn't know that it was, uh, with that yeah, and situation. That's why it was so funny because you could tell <laughs> that uh, he did not want to answer that question because apparently what he was supposed to do 
was because I guess they were all notified about this little bit that Jimmy Kimmel was doing about, you know, um, saying, oh, you're on the crisis management team. And they all kind of like struck a pose or like did something that was like in line with the characters that they play, you know. And so uh-huh. what they wanted Andrew Garfield to do is like Jimmy Kimmel would be like, we have Spider-Man on the team. And then, go, you know, go to Andrew Garfield. and He's supposed to like act like he's web slinging. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He looked at the camera and like smiled and shrugged like, sorry. And his claim, well, he he later responded and said that the reasoning was it's because that's fucking stupid and they didn't want to do it (laughs) that had that that for sure had to be the real reason that because he definitely didn't seem to be as you know care as much about the slap because it is it is stupid it is stupid it's so stupid but he he said the reason was uh, he didn't want to disrespect Tom Holland because Tom Holland is Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, fuck off. I know. I can't even believe him. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever heard a bullshit reason. I didn't want to respect Tom Holland. Right. Nobody thinks you have the job. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You were just the only one there. <laughs> you were just the, the only one that they could literally pan to. The only one that could do it. They should have done his character from Under the Banner of Heaven. <laughs> oh, man. <He'd... laughs> so. Yeah. But, Jeb, no, I did not watch no. it. What's his... Other than the... It's Jeb something. Jeb something. It's not Jeb, it's not Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Please clap. <laughs> Let me see. It's Jeb Pyre. Pyre. Oh, Pyrie or whatever. Pyrie, that's right. Yeah. Detective Jeb Pyrie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so yeah, other than Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, I saw the award winners, and I wasn't too surprised by any of the winners, except maybe, um, oh God, what's Actress his name? Brendan a... Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. And, um, and, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So, Okay. So Brendan Fraser won actor in a leading role for The Whale. Now, I I have a, a couple thoughts on this. Okay. Love Brendan Fraser. So happy right. that he's getting his flowers, that he's, you know, getting back into, I guess, you know, the spotlight, getting more jobs, getting more work as an actor because he's great and uh, the industry did him horribly. Um Right. For the past, you know, couple decades. Uh, that being said, I have zero interest in watching The Whale. Um, and why is that? It just, from everything I've heard about it, seems like insanely fat phobic. Like, ridiculously. Okay. Um,. I mean, for starters... Is it because of the use of the fat suit? Yeah, that, the use of the fat suit, um, the, um, like, the the way that it's depicted, like, I've seen a lot of scenes from the movie, I haven't seen the whole movie, so I, I, I don't want to speak on it too much, because I, you know, I haven't okay. seen it in its entirety. Um, right. But... Anyway, it, it the whole thing just feels 
in in poor taste to me, especially you know knowing that it was made by a bunch of skinny white dudes. Um. Yeah, I thought it was an interesting pick to pick Brendan Fraser. Right. So, did you have a favorite for this? <clears throat> for best actor? Yeah. Yes, I did. I thought Austin Butler should have won. Austin Butler, yeah. Um, and and here's why. So I thought Colin Farrell was like good yeah. in Banshees of Inisherin. I didn't see Living, or and I didn't see After Sun. Um, yeah, I didn't. But see what those I can't either. tell you, did you see Elvis? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I did not like how Elvis was portrayed as if like he didn't really do anything wrong at all throughout his life. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say it was a little interesting to show him meeting Priscilla and then not mention the fact that she was 14. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, but all of that being said, that's not Austin Butler's fault. Right. Okay. The writing, the choices, none of that is Austin Butler's fault. Austin Butler's job was to go play Elvis. Yep. And I thought he was pretty incredible, even considering that he did most of the singing. Yes, he was phenomenal. And it shows due to the fact that it it completely changed the way he talks, like just in regular conversation now. Um, But yeah, no, I I think that's a great pick. Um, So that's who I would have gone for. Um, especially since, you know, and this is a whole debate with the Marvel movies of, um, well, there's no such thing as, uh, stars anymore. Mm-hmm. And this, this seeming demonization is not the right word. Um, negative connotation that goes with the actors kind of fall away into the characters and the characters are what become. Yeah, you know, important yeah, there's cultural a, there's a, figures. There's a stigma there for sure. Um, and to me, the sign of like the best actor is when I do not see that actor; I see who they are portraying. Right. I see that character. Yeah. Um. That's why I love Christopher Reeve so much because it wasn't Christopher Reeve; it was Superman. Right. That's why I thought, um, what's his face, Austin Butler. Did so phenomenal is because he really like there were points where it was like it's like they made the movie with Elvis. It's like I was watching Eight Mile, but the Elvis version. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's who I would have picked. Do you have? Did you have another pick? Um, I, I having not seen After Sun or Living, um, or The Whale, uh. <laughs> I really it was Austin Butler or Colin Farrell. I loved Colin Farrell and Banshees. Um I don't think it was his best performance. Not that I'm not saying he could have done a better performance per se, but I'm saying I No, I, but it wasn't his most impressive. Right. In fact, I thought Penguin was a little bit more impressive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. Um so I I I would probably say I mean, I didn't really think about it all that much, honestly. But Austin Butler probably would have been my my pick. Um, but for actress in a leading role, now that was, I thought, spot on. Um, yeah. Michelle Yeoh for, for Everything Everywhere All at Once. That was, I think, the perfect pick. No, I completely agree. I thought she killed it. I thought all of the awards that movie got were completely well-deserved. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, I, I, with that being said, I, I will say that Kate Blanchett and, and Tar, uh, incredible. Was a close second. A very close second. Absolutely. It, it was, uh, uh, that, that's, that's somebody disappearing into a role right there for sure. Um, yeah. I was surprised to see, uh, is it Ana de Armas? Yeah. Ana de, de Armas. Um, I was surprised to see her for Blonde on there cause Blonde sucked. I couldn't finish. I couldn't. I couldn't. Did you get to the controversial part? I, I, I didn't, but I saw it, like, out of context yeah. elsewhere. Um, but yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? I saw it out of context elsewhere. Well, on Twitter, I, I, I guess I should say. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that sounds like, yeah, I saw it on uh, Pornhub. Uh, no, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I saw it on X videos later. X videos later. So. later. Didn't even need it. <laughs> That's so just funny. popped up on the side. I was like, "Oh, why not?" Um, um, yeah, because that movie sucked, and I also mm. didn't think that it her performance was really that impressive. No, it was it was not. I, I mean, no offense to her. I I think that she's she's she is a good actor for sure, but I that was not the role. Not her best showing. No, it's not. Um, in fact, I think um. And maybe it's because it's not supporting actress. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder was she nominated for supporting actress? She was not. I thought Sigourney Weaver should have got nominated. Oh yeah. Um, because she plays a teenager so convincingly. That's that I hadn't thought about that. Huh. Um, and and that was real bizarre to see. No, that's that's and actually. So, a- that's a um an interesting topic too because so Sigourney Weaver in Avatar 2 uh of course you know she was a, a Navi so she you know they wore mocap suits and acted right. now remember how Andy Serkis never got any Oscars and they like wouldn't consider him for it because it was motion capture for either, you know, Gollum or Caesar and the Planet of the Apes uh, trilogy. Which is even more ridiculous. Which is insane. Um, so I'm curious right. if that rule applies to Avatar or what, you know, if. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like such a silly ro- it's rule. It's so though. stupid. It's so dumb. It needs to be over and done with. Andy Circus deserves seven Oscars. Retroactive Oscars. Retroactive Oscars. I mean, honestly, yes. So, yeah, that's probably why she wasn't nominated. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so what's next? So, uh, actor in a supporting role, I thought that was a great fucking pick. Uh, Kiyoi Kwan is a delight to watch, and he was absolutely fantastic in this movie. Um, yeah, it was great to have him back again because he hasn't really been anything since um, Indiana Jones, right? Uh, yeah, Indiana Jones and Goonies. Um, he's he he's got. I think he did some like stunt work uh, for a while, and that was mostly what he did. And he didn't. I think I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I read a story that he just got back into acting recently because he saw Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait a second. What? Hmm? I didn't know he's... Is Loki season two coming out this year? Uncertain. 
That's actually another development. So it was supposed to come out this summer, um, but Disney updated their slate to coming soon. So, uh, and I, and I know that Feige had uh, had said that they're slowing down their role and that there's not going to be as many things pushed out um, each year. So I don't know. Well, they need to because they all suck. Yeah, I know that's I know that's a I know that's not a delicate way to put it, but I realized it whenever. Ant-Man came out yeah. and I'm like, I actually don't care. Yeah, absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. I'm glad that they're taking their time. I'm curious. I'm curious to see the impact it has. I'm hoping it's a good one, but we'll see because I agree. Marvel's just been in a rut for a long time of just bland, monotonous shit with like, it, it feels like we're fucking panning for gold you know like yeah trying to find the little nuggets in the shit you know like yeah yeah but no it's terrible anyway um i did see all quiet on the western front one best international film which was awesome because that movie also fucking ruled yeah i i did not watch i haven't seen that one yet that movie's good um cool. it's way different than the book so don't expect it to be like the book because <laughs> it's not really how that goes okay um, but it is so heavily like an anti-war piece yeah, and it is so effective at communicating that. Nice. Um, so I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. That, that one, uh, I think it was like four Oscars total, right? Cause it got, um, it was also nominated for best picture. Right. It was, yeah, but it, it won best cinematography as well. Um, it won. Did it really? Mm-hmm. It won. Um, uh, original score. Huh. And production design. And production design. Yeah. So that one got quite a few. I know a lot of people were kind of surprised. I mean, not. I don't know why they were surprised, but. Um. But speaking of cinematography. Uh, the, the, the movie that should have won the, 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 the DP that should have won, um, was not even nominated. Fucking Greg Frazier for the Batman deserved that Oscar. Yeah. I mean, which one won best cinematography? All quiet. Yeah. You know what? Here's what I'll tell you. I love the Batman. Uh huh. I think it would have been close. Honestly. Yeah. All Quiet on the Western Front is pretty phenomenal in terms of cinematography. I guess I can't uh, totally say because I haven't seen it. So I'll have to, ch- I'll have to watch I think it and then get back to you. I think it's a crime it wasn't nominated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, and I think it has a strong chance for beating All Quiet on the Western Front. Right. But I'm not sure. I'd have to watch both of them again and, and really pay attention to that. Yeah. Because um, All Quiet was crazy. But I, I, th- I did think it was cool that... Uh, Roger Deakins, who was also nominated for Empire of Light, uh, and is also just an absolute fucking legend of a cinematographer himself, um, he actually said specifically in an interview the exact like I think what I said earlier was almost a direct quote from him. He said the the, <laughs> the film that should have won uh, cinematography wasn't even nominated, 
and said that um, the Batman should have won. But, I mean, he did Blade Runner 2049 and um, Shawshank Redemption. Jesus, this dude, like... Yeah, oh yeah, well, but I've seen both movies, so... Oh, that's not me sitting... <laughs> right. You go, oh, that's what you think? That's cool. Hey, did you know this one guy who's way more um, <laughs> talented and experienced said that I was right? That's wild that happened. Right. I, I just walked you into that. I was waiting for you um, yeah. to say that so I could just, you know, drop that bombshell on you. Um, yeah, that was real cool. Yeah, I thought so. Um, another controversial pick, probably the most controversial of the night, was actress in a supporting role. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, one for everything, everywhere, all at once. Now, here's what I'll say about this. And, and I think Jamie Lee Curtis's performance was phenomenal. But okay. not only is it not the best performance out of these nominees, it's not even the best performance or uh, supporting performance in the movie that she's in. I right. think Stephanie Shu should have won for everything everywhere all at once. Absolutely. I thought she, the way that she was able to kind of play like dual personas almost mm -hmm. was pretty incredible. Yes. She, cause J she matched Michelle Yeo's energy to the max. Like, they played off each other so incredibly well. Their scenes together were the best in the entire movie. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis was, was good. Yeah. I don't know if I would say phenomenal. But yeah. I don't think it's her best role. No. I um, think that she, you know, she, she's given performances that she should have been nominated before. I don't know if she should have even been nominated this time. It kind of seems like they just gave it to her because she missed out on some other ones. Right. And it's especially crazy because outside of Jamie Lee Cur Curtis, this is this is a tough choice. Like, genuinely a very tough choice between all these nominees. Now, I haven't seen The Whale, so I, I can't speak to Hong Chao's um, performance. But Angela Bassett and Carrie Condon... They, their performances, I, like, I went back and forth uh -huh. uh, in, in, like, deciding which one I thought was my favorite to, to win. And I, those three, Stephanie Hsu, Carrie Condon, and Angela Bassett, I could go either way with, with any of them. I think overall, yeah. I, I, I think my favorite would be Stephanie Hsu, but damn, like, it's tight for me. Yeah, did you see um, the image of all of them from the movie? And she was the only one without a Oscar. <laughs> oh, Stephanie Shu. It's super sad. Oh. It's like the whole. It's like all the cast, and they're all holding up their Oscars, and she's just standing next to them. Oh, that's brutal. It's so sad. I don't even know why they included her in the picture. Jesus. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was insanity. Yeah, but I mean, the rest of the Oscars. Uh, I mean, every we, as we said, everything, everywhere, all at once. It deserved all the Oscars. It's it got 
even Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis's it deserved the Oscar, but not for her. But it still deserved the right. Oscar. <laughs> um, right. It was just solid all the way. It was a really, really good movie. Right. And it, it ended up winning Best Picture, um, which I thought that was great. I I think there could have been a lot of different um, ways that – or a lot of different – ways this could have gone based on the past mm-hmm. um i honestly kind of thought the fablemans was gonna win just because scorsese or scorsese jesus uh spielberg spielberg um like it's probably his most personal movie that he's not probably it is his most personal movie that he's made um and it's specifically about you know making movies and if there's one thing that hollywood mm-hmm. loves it's movies about hollywood um right but yeah but i'm glad that it won and i hope it kind of paves the way for you know little indie films you know taken over absolutely one thing i did see um that was kind of upsetting was when they were doing the um when they were doing the what's it called like in memoriam or whatever oh yeah did you see who they left off yeah you said that like you didn't know for sure <laughs> what i said did you see who they left off yeah oh you said that like you didn't you weren't quite sure. Um, Charlby from Triangle of Sadness. I mean, there was a lot of people that they left off. Oh, well, then we weren't talking about the same people. So okay. I was thinking they left off Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. Which was a little sad. Yeah. Wait, so you're saying somebody from the Triangle of Sadness movie died and they didn't even include yeah. them in the in memoriam? Yeah. Um. What the fuck? That's, that's even worse. Charlie <laughs> Dean. Yeah. She died in like September and they didn't even fucking put her in. It's crazy. Even though her movie was uh, up for the Oscar? Yep. That's fucked. That's real fucked. <laughs> that's so fucked. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Well... I'm done talking about the Oscars. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I always I talk a lot about the Oscars, and I'm I always at, at the end of the every single time I'm like I'm so sick of these. But then each year I come back and I talk more. Yeah. Well. Well. Here we are. Oh well. Um. Well, next is The Last of Us. Yes. So. This show. I don't fucking understand. Also, spoilers for everybody who hasn't seen The Last of Us, because we're going to spoil the entire show. Yes, but if you played the game, you already know all the spoilers. So, Yeah, most of them. This show I don't fucking get. I don't get the hype for it. Yeah. What, what, in what way? I thought the show was okay. Uh-huh. I thought it was a solid 6 out of 10 all the way through. Yeah. Um... It was also rough for me because I've played the game before, so I knew what was going to happen, mm-hmm. so I didn't get any of the twists or anything that everybody else got, 
but I was seeing the same thing that I had seen before, but just worse. Right. Nobody, no scenes were given any time to breathe. There was no, like, depth or weight to any of the characters' actions. Mm -hmm. Um, They kind of introduced this, like, villain of the week type deal. Yeah. Where, like, somebody would show up in an episode and then they just fucking die at the end of it. So it's like, well, I didn't really care about these people because they just died in the same episode. Yeah. So I I agree that this show was a little all over the place in that sense because when I saw that pilot episode, I was sold, like, immediately. Right. That first episode, and I, I still really like that first episode. Because I right. thought it was pointing the show in in a, a, a different direction than they sort of went. Um, right. And here's what I mean. So the show, it it does deviate from the game in, in some ways. Um, more so to expand upon the world than, than anything. Uh, there's a few fundamental, you know, obviously the spores not being... A, a part of it uh and there's other different things that which are... real quick the fact that you mentioned that is so fucking funny to me because they were talking about that before the show came out like oh we're changing something from the game just so everybody's aware it's like the least fucking significant thing they altered i completely yeah. forgot about it until right you just said that. right yeah it's the, it's the only thing that came to my mind in the, in the moment um <laughs> and but the the, the thing is is a lot of the things that they expanded upon, I thought, worked very well. I thought on its own, mm-hmm. episode three was fantastic. Um, the 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 love story between uh, Bill and Frank, I thought, was really you know effectively done. But the thing is, is they kept they kept trying. It felt like they were both trying to make The Last of Us work for a TV show. Which is where I think that whole villain of the week type thing came into play. Which I don't have an issue with that. I think that's great. You have, it kind of gives you one full story per episode that you kind of get wrapped up. But the issue is, is when they would be, when they would go back and be faithful to the game, it would be verbatim. It would be shot for shot. Yeah, like the the blocking was the same. Yes, the dialogue was exactly the same. Yes, exactly. Um, which felt weird to me because then it just felt like these extra things were diluting what the game had already given. You know what I'm saying? Without yeah, it felt like a it felt like a fan rewrite. <laughs> right, right. So it was like weird because I'm like. I'm really liking these different things that you're doing, but they feel like they should be in addition to spending, you know, this amount of time on the the content in exploration from the game, which I think yeah. they didn't really balance that, in my opinion. So that's no, they didn't. where it faulted I saw, for me. I saw a tweet and it really sold this thing for me. Because, yeah, the parts where it's verbatim from the game feel really weird. Yeah. Um, they're really jarring when they happen in the episodes. 
Uh, and somebody on Twitter said, I think they tweeted like after an episode came out and there's like a comparison shot. They said, this can't be the only way this story is told. Right. And that made me think about it. It's like, you know, they missed this opportunity. And, and that's why when episode three happened, that was my favorite one that had come out at the time. Cause I was like, okay, you know, we're still going to get the same story, but it's going to be different. Like they have the opportunity through this new medium to tell this story in a different way. That's like probably just as maybe even more powerful or compelling. Right. Okay. <laughs> and so it was so different. It was bringing us to this place. And then the farther we got away from episode three, the more in the context of the rest of the show, I didn't like it as much as I did. Right. Because it kind of felt like a wasted episode because nothing happened. It introduced two people who they kill them off at the end. And that time was wasted when we could have, you know, expanded some of these things in other areas. Exactly. It, it, it felt very rushed. Like I remember getting to like at the end of, I don't know, episode five or six. I remember at at the end of episode five and seeing that, was it episode six that was the one that was with Riley? Uh, I think that was seven. Seven. Okay. So then at the end of episode six, before episode seven, when I saw that the next episode was going to be left behind um, the DLC, I was like, how the fuck are they going to finish the rest of this game? Like, there's so much left. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, Right. And they did, I guess. But it just, yeah, it didn't, it it felt like they just needed more time if they were going to do these. Because like like I said, I liked the things they did that expanded. It's just, they didn't give enough time to the core thing they were adapting it just felt like they'd throw us oh hey here's this scene exactly as you remember have no, fun it was all very mechanical right it was we have to do this thing to get to this place and then once we get to this place then this scene from the game can happen yeah okay so now we need the characters to go from this place to this place so that this scene from the game can happen right that's really what it felt like yeah um and it kind of made me think, you know how they have um, Neil Druckmann helping with the writing for the show? Yeah. Uh, it kind of makes me think that he was just credited because half the shit he already fucking wrote. <laughs> Which, that that's funny, but he actually was very involved. Um, he and Craig Mazin together uh, created the show, so they would work together on different things that they wanted to change. Um on HBO Max, at the end of each ep- episode, they have like a little featurette about the making of that episode and different things. And both yeah. Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin uh, get on and, and talk. And uh, it's, it's very interesting stuff. And it to me, it really made me appreciate the show a lot more. Like, I, I, I think uh, Jake would agree that I, I definitely I, I like the show more than he does. <laughs> um yes. Because I did really enjoy the show. Like I said, that that pilot episode is a hell of an episode. Um, Episode three is great as a standalone. Episode five is absolutely batshit and very entertaining. Um, But 
yeah, I, I, I think if I focus on the, the good things, you know, then I like it, but then it's not like something that I want to go back and just rewatch all the way through. Right. You know, and there's, so there are some changes they made from the game that I don't really like as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things that I do like, like one thing I felt like they changed from the game and maybe you disagree with me is there was a lot of nuance in terms of people's motivations and actions in the face of the fact that everybody just needed to survive. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot less judgment. There's a lot because people were needing to. And the thing I'm thinking about is so Henry and Sam, Mm -hmm. Henry is an outcast from the group of people in Kansas city. Okay. Well, we need a reason why he's an outcast. Well, he sold out this one dude. Well, why did he sell out this one dude? Well, because Sam has leukemia. Well, now, now that we put that there, it's like, well, now there's this other moral thing here. Yeah. Whereas in the game before, Henry is kind of a piece of shit because he leaves Joel and Ellie to die. Yeah. For like a brief period of time. But it's more nuanced because they just, all everybody's trying to survive. Right. And that element I don't feel like is, is present in the show. It feels like anytime that anybody has to make a questionable decision or a questionable action, there has to be some sort of like other moral layer to it that kind of strips away the nuance and almost like feeling of it being real that the game had. Yeah. Like another one is Ellie shooting that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game, she shoots that dude in the head like quickly. Like she didn't even really think about it. Yeah. It just happens in the show. She like creeps up on this guy who's choking Joel out. For <laughs> first of all. Okay. So she like, <laughs> like creeps up on him and then she shoots him in the spine and it's like, oh, it's because it's the first time she's ever killed. Like, maybe it's going to add. And then minutes later, she's like, nope, I've had to, I've had to kill before. That's not the first time I've done that. <laughs> so it's taken all of the narrative weight out of it. Right. Right. And it's like, okay, all right, guess you, all right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, um, oh, you keep going. No, you keep going. I'm going to come back to it. Okay. Trust me. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of going off of that, they also, whenever they did try to show some sort of nuance. They they just told you about it. Like Yeah, they told you what to think. Right. Like that uh conversation between Joel and Tommy where Joel is like I I'm failing in my sleep. Um which I mean it's it's an emotional scene and I thought that part was well done, but it was also just kind of telling us Joel is is afraid of losing. Which is something we already know, you know. It, right. it feels a little redundant. A little, it's a hat on a hat. Exactly. I um, <laughs> I almost was expecting the subtitles to have like the brackets and say Joel with inner turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> because the, seriously, he's like crying and he's like letting this all out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I have like an issue with like, oh, he needs to be like a macho guy or anything and he can't be crying. Mm-hmm. It's that the show thinks I'm so fucking stupid that I can't connect these dots on my own. Right. Um, And then the same thing happened. Well, and on that note, I don't like how Joel is going to leave and then he leaves the option up to Ellie 
about whether he can go with her. Because uh, for me, I think that kind of strips him of that whole choice, which was an important step for his character. Yeah. Um, because then at that point, he's not making a choice. He's still putting it in somebody else's hands. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, which is weird to put in Ellie's hands because, it, you know, the whole idea is that he's kind of seen Sarah and her. Yeah. So it didn't really make sense to me, but whatever. Yeah. A few other things I didn't like. I didn't really, I didn't really mind the whole deal with Joel talking about how he tried to kill himself. Right. I guess my, my issue with it is I didn't feel like this show earned those characters having that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because when, so when they hug each other at the end of the David episode. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a big moment, like, oh, you know, they finally like come all this way. Yeah. But I didn't feel like they had really earned that because what the show shows you is she's like bratty the entire time. (laughs) Okay. Uh And snarky or whatever. And then he is kind of jaded and, and, and closed off. Right. And then she gets kidnapped and then he's angry, I'm going to go after her. And then all of a sudden, she's completely opened up, and he's completely opened up, too. Yeah, but, I mean, that also was right at... That was after they had that conversation where, she, you know, she was like, truth is, I'd just be more scared with anybody else. Which, I know, that's straight out of the game, but... Right. Well, and that's that's part of my problem. Uh-huh. So I, I see those two as like two halves of the same piece. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they earned that confrontation right. and that ma- that like makeup. Gotcha. Gotcha. I see. I see. So, yeah, they didn't really earn that. <clears throat> that payoff. No, be- um, yeah, because she's like, truth is, I'd just be more scared. And I'm thinking this whole time you haven't done anything but fucking complain and like be pissed off. Or be like, it's not my fault. I never asked you to do this. Yeah. So what do you mean you'd be more scared? I didn't get the impression that you were any less scared now. <laughs> right. No, that's a good point. Um, I have a question. So I, I've been thinking about this a decent bit. Uh-huh. One, one tiny-ish change is when um, Ellie is, you know slaughtering the fuck out of david uh-huh. in the game joel grabs her and pulls her off of him after she had already yeah. killed him and kept going and that's when they have that hugging moment and in the show they do it outside and i i've seen some people upset about that but i've been trying to figure out why i didn't know if you had any thoughts or if that was anything that you even cared about uh I never really thought about it, to be honest. Yeah. That part didn't really bother me. Right. I, I saw a couple people like complaining about it online, and I was like, I wonder why. But then it was also just me thinking, like, why they made the choice to do it outside instead of inside. I think it was because... I can tell exactly why they made They wanted choice. her to have more agency. I think it's because they wanted better lighting. I think it's because they saw that moment where they make up and he's like, oh, you know, I uh-huh. got you, I got you, as their big fucking stand up and cheer moment. And they wanted right. much better lighting for it. I think that's why they went outside. I 
Personally, I, I think I would disagree with that just because for for two reasons. One, the show is under low lights a lot during a lot of, you know, important moments. And then two, mm-hmm. I mean, the fire, I think, would have provided like good light. I don't know, but it could be anything. I don't really know. I Like I said, I didn't think about it. Right. Who's to say? But um, what I did think about, I also don't like that we kind of know why Ellie's immune. Oh, yeah. With uh, Ashley Johnson. Yeah. I didn't mind her being in there. Yeah. Like her getting pregnant while after she got bit or like how <laughs> her getting bit and then the umbilical cord. <laughs> yeah. She gets pregnant right as she gets bit and then has the baby. I didn't mind her getting pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I feel like it kind of takes some of the mystery out of it. Right. Cause you know, not knowing how she's immune is kind of what opens up the idea for like more possibilities. Right. Cause you to think a little bit. Yeah. Um, I also don't like that. We were just told that she killed Riley. That was weird. I didn't like that. Yeah. Because once again, that's another thing that was kind of left up to your imagination. Because some, I think they say some people just die from the infection; they don't actually turn. Oh, and so it was like, well, did that happen? Did she have to kill her? Well, we know in the game she didn't kill her, right? Because when she shoots that one guy, she says it's the first time. Yeah. Um, but it was weird to go. Oh, by the way, I killed Riley. Right. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know this, just needed you. I to killed know Riley for sure. That this is canon. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so this show in the last two episodes kind of showed me, uh, especially the the uh, yeah the it it showed me why I think this kind of failed as an adaptation um okay explain to me why it failed as an adaptation i'm curious so i already had i already went into a little bit about how it it feels like it doesn't know if it wants to expand or stay strictly to the story because it's Mm -hmm. it's it's sort of like yeah diluting it with 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 other things that are good, but that if you don't extend, if you don't add, it, it should have been a longer season, essentially. <laughs> um, it should have. That's true. But what really became clear to me in the final episode, particularly when Joel is going on his rampage through the hospital to to find and save Ellie, was that it did not have a fraction of the gut-wrenching impact that that part had in the game because no it did not that part in the game is bonkers because the thing that the games of the last of us really you know as you know does incredibly well is making you do things that you wish you didn't have to do <laughs> to put right. you in a certain perspective 
so you can understand these characters. Um, right. Just having like muffled sound with, you know, a slow, sad kind of eerie, you know, song playing while we kind of hear the muffled gunshots as he's like killing a bunch of people with this Terminator like stare. Um, fine, whatever. But it really doesn't put you in his shoes. It doesn't like I don't I didn't feel like. This is horrible and I hate that this is happening, but I get it because that's what happened in the game. I was like, God damn, I am because it's just in the game. It goes on for so long. You're mm-hmm. you're going through you're hiding. You're killing so, so many people. And you're like, oh, my, like, I, for me, I was, like, feeling like, God, this feels awful. Like, this feels horrible. But, like, if I don't do this, Ellie's going to die, you know? And I didn't get any right. of that. Um, and so I, that's why I think that th- where they failed in the adaptation is in the way that they tried to do a beat-for-beat, beat, you know, copy of it uh Mm -hmm. in in a lot of areas um because they shouldn't have relied on the game's strength and they shouldn't have relied on the game itself for making this adaptation because that's what makes the game, the the immersion and you being the one driving this whole thing is what makes this story so good in the game right. and works so well in the game. Now you're not going to have that aspect in the show, so you're going to need to make some changes. So it just felt like doing that beat for beat didn't make sense. I feel like if they had maybe filmed it differently, if they did some sort of like one shot long scene with like no music whatsoever, just the sounds of like hard hitting bullets and people screaming and, and falling down and dying with no music and nothing coming from Joel. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would have been a, a little better, but I just think they were kind of set up to fail by making that choice. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, and, the biggest thing that I took from the game in that scene, mm-hmm. especially in the second playthrough, um, was how, you know, the brutality of it, the intense nature of it, mm-hmm. um, is Joel finally, it's, it's like cathartic for him. Oh. And, and the, and the reason it is, is because it's him finally taking revenge because oh. the cordyceps oh, took Sarah. Yeah. Okay. And so he was not going to let the cordyceps take another one. And so rather than just letting it lie low, like he did the last time mm-hmm. and move on, he took revenge. Okay. And so yeah. that's why it's so brutal and so yeah. intense. It's because he's had 20 years of this building up. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally takes it, that's what starts the cycle of revenge that we see carry on in the second game. Yeah. Because it's the catalyst for that. So when you have the show 
And this revenge element is so crucially important to the entire future of the rest of the story. And you have Joel decide not to kill the nurses in the room. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because it's not the people. He's no longer seeing people. He's seen the threat. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make sense for him to leave these nurses alive who have seen him. Right. And then to kill Marlene because he says, you'll just come after her. Right. Why would these people not come after her? Yeah. They work for the same fucking organization. Right. So that's why I was ultimately, it didn't feel the same. Yeah. So then at that point, that's where we have all these people on Twitter going, well, Joel did nothing wrong. Or I completely side with Joel. It's like because the right you you have given the audience no mm-hmm. nuanced or morally ambiguous thing to stew over. Yeah. You have given Joel the out to be a good guy. Yeah. And he's not. No. Yeah. I, it definitely made Joel seem a lot more like like non-ambiguous yeah exactly exactly like un- yeah a lot less morally gray mm-hmm. they yeah, it, it tried did. to it, it felt like it was like telling you 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 know this is it could go either you should root for joel you should you should you should be on his side like it felt like it was just telling of, us that of course because why would you root for anybody else right um there's no you know Oh, well, this is for, I mean, there is, oh, this is for the greater good, but it's only told to you. Yeah. Right? There's no consideration of what this means. There's no, another big portion of the game is the fact that this was Ellie's choice. And part of what makes Joel such a villain is that he didn't give her the opportunity to make that choice. Yes. Um... And this is another thing where in the game you can kind of feel this building the whole time we get there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, she mentions it a few times. She talks about how she feels about it. Well, in the show, we don't hear fuck all about her thoughts on this whole entire thing until episode nine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, now I care. Yep. So yeah, I wasn't wowed by the show. It it uh, when she when they had that that like sequence straight out of the game when she's like kind of not really listening to Joel as they're walking along the interstate. Yeah. It in the context of the show, it's like. So. Why, like, why are you, feel like, da- down like this? I don't I don't quite understand. You know. Right. It didn't feel like, yeah, I don't know. No, because the show, like I said, the show's job or the show's tactic, their their structure is this. They are relying so heavily on the fact that these scenes in the game are popular and important. And so all we need to do is just physically get the characters from point A to point B so the scene from the game can happen. Mm-hmm. Without it all considering the fact that this is a significantly different medium yeah, from playing a video game. And as a result, 
since you don't have the downtime of you looting things or killing people Mm -hmm. to get this dialogue Mm -hmm. that fleshes out this story. Yes. You need to find other ways to supplement that. Yep. And they don't seem to get that. Yeah. In lieu of supplementing it with, you know, those moments between Joel and Ellie, they give us moments elsewhere. They give us a whole episode about Bill and Frank. Yeah. Which was great if the rest of the series was strong enough to support it being there. Yeah. But without that, it just really feels like a wasted episode. Because <laughs> there's no point for it being there. Uh. Which sucks, because I really liked it, but that's the truth of it. So, did you see how they said that uh, season two is going to be more longer than, or sorry, not see, uh, part two is going to be longer than just one season? Yeah, they also said the budget is much bigger and there's going to be more zombies. Yeah. Which, good. That was another yeah. thing. There wasn't a whole lot of zombies in right. the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess there wasn't in the game either, so that part didn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll be seated. For uh, for part two, for season two, I, I'll be excited for it because, yeah. you know, I, I've talked a lot about how this show doesn't work, but goddamn if I didn't sit down on Sunday nights and have a good time watching it. You know, I like I liked watching it. I had fun watching it, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't. The jaw-dropping experience I wanted it to be that I kind of felt from the games. Yeah, this was probably a show that I had was on my phone the most. Really? Yeah. So I'd be like, "All right, let's let's just move it along." <laughs> oh, yep. There's David. Oh, yep. Also, wasn't it kind of strange that they used the same actors for Marlene, but not for Joel and Ellie? Yeah, that was really funny. It felt like... But still put him in the show? Well, okay, so I, I was like... When, after I saw Troy Baker in the show, I, I think he's old enough. Yeah, I was like, he could have been Joel just fine. He could have easily been Joel. Just, yeah, like I, because I, before that I was like, oh, I kind of get why they did, and they wanted somebody kind of older. And then I looked it up. Uh, Pedro Pascal is only one year older than Troy Baker. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, voice actors can't be real actors, right? So. No, that's not possible. Um, well, I mean, it's I, a little harder to get around Ellie. Yeah. Oh, also a little side thing. One thing that I didn't really think about um, at first was so. David, as a character in episode eight, yeah, um, he so in the scene where they show him at the beginning when he's given that, like, he's like preaching, or and he's like, oh, you know, it's too cold to bury him, and all this stuff, yeah, there's very clear, sinister overtones to everything he's doing in that scene. And then 
when we when Ellie meets him, which is in the game, you know, the first time they meet him, all the the shit that he says, like being nice and stuff, it it didn't it didn't. I was like, oh, this guy, there's like, I obviously I you know played the game, so I knew what was gonna happen. But I mean, like, even in the context of the show, as if you know, pretending I hadn't played the game, I didn't know what was gonna happen. It was pretty clear. I don't know. I just I just remember in the game. Oh yeah. When we first meet David, being like suspicious, but then like he kind of wins you over a little bit, you know. So you think he's kind yeah. of a good guy. I had none of that. He was just villain from the get go. Yeah, because then that moment where he goes, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, we lost all these men. Yes, a guy and a girl. In the game, it like turns and you're like, oh shit. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And that doesn't happen because you know he's fucking evil for the beginning. Right. Right. Yeah. So. I also didn't get the impression from the game that David was like a leader of any kind. I thought he was just kind of a member of a group. Yeah. I I mean, like, he seemed like a leader for like the immediate group that he was with, a.k.a. him and the other guy. <laughs> but I didn't. Yeah. But they all, I, I don't remember them going too much into detail of, of their group. He definitely wasn't like a cult leader. No, no, yeah. And there was no... Which is fine. I think that's a fine change. I don't think it really... Right. And I, I, I honestly kind of liked that, uh, that, that how he talked about uh, Cordyceps as, you know, like beautiful creation, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I thought that kind of was an interesting layer to add, but it, it kind of fell on, you know, not much else to support it. Yeah. Well, and one thing I liked that the show added that the game didn't have was, um, so, so I can praise it a little bit mm -hmm. was, I loved the whole idea of a uprising that displaces Fedra. And there's kind of this quasi citizen run militant group. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Because it's like there's all these power dynamics at play. Yeah. And that was that was a cool, like an interesting kind of apocalyptic thing that I'd never really considered. Yeah. And so I found that to be really interesting. Yeah, but that was... was that not was, in the game. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was pretty cool. I, I, I kind of liked the change that they made about um, how, like, if you step on Cordyceps, you know, in one area, that it could alert, like, a whole pack of uh infected i thought that was yeah cool. that they communicate through the ground right they didn't do too much with that outside of that one episode but they didn't do too much with infected the whole time either so yeah no i agree i thought that was also an interesting thing yeah i dug it so ultimately though if you played the game i think you can skip the show you're not going to get anything truly remarkable out of it that you're that you didn't get from the game if you haven't played the game, maybe the show's for you. I've heard positive things from people who haven't played the game and have just watched the show. Yeah. And, um, well, even if you've played the game, coming from me personally, I'd say well, just watch the first episode. Don't really watch anything else. Just watch the first episode <laughs> because that it, it's really interesting. I just, I really love that first episode. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know. I, I do know why, but I, I, I just love that first episode. Okay, well then just watch the first episode. Right, and then stop. So, well that's all I got. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, well, thanks for, you know, listening to us talk shit on HBO. <laughs> um, if you have any suggestions for us on things you want us to talk about in any sort of uh, nothing new segments, we will be back with nothing new sometime soon, I promise. Uh, you can shoot us an email. We're digitalforcemedia at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, tweet at us, DM us, whatever, uh, at DForest Media. Um, yep, same for TikTok and Instagram. So That's right. That's right. All, All right. right, gang. See you later. Peace. <laughs>